right, hello and welcome to, I guess, a joint episode of That Football Topic and Sports Box. Uh, I'm your host of That Football Topic, as always, Sam Fermanek. Alongside me, hosting Sports Box is Judo Kanyas. In the flesh. Well, not really, because I'm in Colorado <laughs> and he's in Los Angeles. But we have an exciting podcast that we hope to kind of make a series going forward where we're going to get together, discuss our picks for the week, also just talk about a lot of the top headlines in the NFL. So to just break it down how we see it. Uh, so without further ado, it's Wednesday the 24th. Tomorrow is Thursday, the final Thursday of November, meaning it's Thanksgiving, which means there's football. So we have, I'm not going to say a great slate just because of the first game, but a pretty good slate of Thanksgiving games. But let's get right into it. So starting off um, on Fox, we have the Bears and Lions. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say about this game. Um, I think if, if you enjoy watching peewee football, then this is the game for you. Because honestly, I would imagine there are high school teams that play better than these two teams. Um, like I said, not much to say. I'm going to take the Lions. Um, I know that the line right now has Chicago at, as three, at three points. But I, I just think this is the perfect chance for the Lions to get a win. The Bears are totally dysfunctional right now. Obviously, you know, there's a whole rumors about Matt Nagy. Are they true? We don't know. We'll, we'll find out after this game. But I think it's a perfect chance, you know, on Thanksgiving Day, Dave Campbell gets his first win in the season um, and with Tim Boyle at the helm. So, yeah. No, I was, I was looking forward to this because I wanted to see Justin Fields, but – no, no, we get Andy Dalton. However, I'm going to disagree. I, I'm going to take the Bears winning. I think, yes, they played – they, they did not play well against Baltimore and Tyler Huntley. That was, that was kind of embarrassing. Andy Dalton, I, he did play well when he came in. Of course, the first touchdown pass, that was a screen pass. That was all Darnell Mooney. Second pass, clutch play on fourth down, Marcus Gooden. I think there were some things to like. I like Andy Dalton more than I like Tim Boyle. Allen Robinson is questionable. I just – I don't trust Detroit. I mean, they, they've been so inconsistent. They played, like, they played their best football against the Rams, and everyone was like, oh, my God, it's okay, Detroit. Maybe. I don't know. I, just, I, like, I like the Bears. I think that's a safer pick. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, but anyway. It's, intriguing it's, games. Yeah, into intriguing games, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Dallas and the Raiders. I think Dallas comes in definitely needing a confidence booster. They've dropped two of their last three the Raiders, however, I think this is more of a must-win game for them as they are in a very hot, tightly contested division right now. This is a big-time win uh, that they need. And the Cowboys are looking to maybe be a little less shorthanded, or less shorthanded than they were against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And, you know, I, and obviously I've been talking about the Cowboys on my very own podcast and they've just been a hot topic. And I guess you could any any podcast or, you know, national network, but because I think they're an interesting team, obviously they sit at seven and three. And to me, coming into last weekend, it was you beat the Chiefs. That's a statement win. And obviously they, they weren't able to do that. The offense only put up nine points while the defense played great. You can't win a game when, you know, you only score nine points, especially against the Chiefs team. Um, obviously, you know, the 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 absence of Amari Cooper definitely showed against the Chiefs, and obviously he's not going to be playing in this game. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is another one of those questionable guys. I think what the Cowboys have to do and what they did earlier in the season was establish the run. You know, they, they were one of the top heavy run teams in, in, through the first two months of the football season, and then they kind of went away w- w- from it. Obviously, they had maybe easier opponents, so it was like, you know, let Dak throw the ball a little bit more, but I think they have to get back to that ways of – you know, having a Tony Pollard 80-yard game, having a Zeke 100-yard game, because that's what really got, you know, the momentum for the offense in general and the defense. And then on the Raiders' side, like you mentioned, 
they sit at five and five, but not a confident five and five. You know, that this is a team that they started the season strong and then everything that could have probably gone wrong went wrong, you know? And I feel like that's kind of been the story with the Raiders just yeah. the last three years. Granted, usually it's the six and four mark. They usually get to yeah. six and four and then fall off. Six and four, um, yeah. I don't know. It's a tough game. I, I I love what you mentioned about the run. I mean, Chris Jones last week gave them fits this in yeah. the run and pass game. They're definitely not going up against a player of that caliber this week. They're back at home. They'll have their fans. Fun Thanksgiving Day matchup. The Cowboys usually play well uh, on Thanksgiving. I think they're going to need – they need to get the playmakers involved. They didn't do that. They didn't do that yeah. against the Chiefs. I mean, they they tried to really force it to C.D. Lamb. I mean, that's how they ended the first half with that pick. They just – you need to get the playmakers the ball in smart ways. I, I want to see Michael Gallup get in the end zone too. He's solid. And then, as you said, run the ball. I think they're able to do that against a Raiders team that's really struggled to find their way. And something that got overshadowed in that game was actually how well Dallas' defense played. No, they, they yeah. The Chiefs came off of easily their best offensive game in the season. Patrick Mahomes was throwing 400 yards, five touchdowns. And y'all have. They held them to 19 points. They got takeaways. Michael Parsons is playing out of his mind. Like, is yeah, not like what you see there. And and I, you know, I don't want to go too long on this, but I, and we, this could be a time for a different discussion. But you look at the Chiefs, and that's sort of why I'm not fully buying into them yet. You know, for a team that was up 16 to three, a team. This was a game where, as the Chiefs, you have to put your foot on the gas and just kill this team. And they didn't do that. They simply didn't do that. They put up three points in the second half. And from a team that you want to see be a true contender, you have to kill these teams, and they just weren't able to do that. And obviously, this doesn't really relate to the game, but that's just kind of a side note on, you know, the Cowboys looking strong on defense. But, you know, next game. So I think we both have the Cowboys in this game. Uh, And then the Bills and the Saints. Uh, The Saints were able to kind of come back a little bit against the Eagles. However, they were not able to stop the run game at all, which is really uncharacteristic for the Saints. And uh, speaking of not being able to stop the run game, the Bills will be coming into town. (laughs) Uh, after getting absolutely torched by Jonathan Taylor in that Colts run game. This is a tough one. Both teams, I think, more the Bills in this case, need this win. Um, I, I think they do it. I think they get back to playing that Bills football. I think Diggs starts to have a good game from the beginning as opposed to getting some late garbage time stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bills in this one. Yeah, I, and I'm going to take the Bills too. And I, I think it's pretty easy for me. I think this is a perfect chance for the Bills to really bounce back after, you know, a terrible defensive performance, obviously. And obviously, you know, a lot of credit goes to Jonathan Taylor and the, the Colts offense, but man, they look bad and it, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. And this is a perfect game to rebound. I know they're on the road, um, but the saints just haven't looked like cohesive in recent weeks. Obviously they put up 29 points. It's always tough to put up 29 points, but regardless, Trevor Simeon, he hasn't been that great. The offense, they don't really, obviously Alvin Kamara is still missing. They're missing a lot of guys, even offensively and defensively. And that's really hurt them. Um, obviously they, they sit in a position where they sit at five and five, they have a chance to make a run, but you know, to me, the bills are looking to get that bounce back game. And this is the perfect chance to do it on the road on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think what, something I want to bring up when talking about the saints, just in terms of the long run is what are they doing at quarterback? Because you have James Winston who didn't play awful. He, he's actually, he played pretty well. Yeah. He was able to win them some good games. Now he's injured. Have you gotten a big enough sample size that you want to continue with him? Do you want to go in a different direction? But then they also just gave a crap ton of money to Taysom Hill, which just makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, I think Taysom Hill is probably the strangest player we'll ever see in the NFL because he gets a buttload of money for maybe playing 10 snaps max I've seen in the past few weeks. So 
like, I think it is an interesting uh, scenario. Obviously, Jameis Winston, like you mentioned, he, he had a good start to the season and sucks that he tore his ACL. Um, but I, I think it's a good chance to really evaluate this team um, and what they're made of. Obviously, is this team good enough to contend right now? No. I mean, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries. Kamara, obviously, their vocal point in their offense is out. Michael Thomas, he's done for the season. Um, they just have a lot of guys missing. And if I was them, I would, I would look towards the draft. I think there's guys, maybe you can get a quarterback that's been, you know, a, a third year, four year in college that can hopefully get into that starting role. But I, I, to me, I'm not a huge believer in Jameis just because as great as he was early in the season, he's never shown the consistency. I'm going to throw out an idea that could be interesting. Just we'll see. Mm-hmm. I think you resign, you get Jameis back on a one year deal. And because of where just I'm not a big fan of this quarterback class this year, I don't know if that's the direction they want to go because they could still see a lot more from Jameis. Give Jameis a starting role next year and maybe trade for a guy like Drew Locke who did not have a good situation or just was not playing well in Denver, still has a lot of talent, and now you put him, you give him to Sean Payton, one of the best offensive minds in football. He could maybe work some magic. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. You move on another year. Of course, if Jameis beats him out, Jameis beats him out, he plays well. If not, you're looking to get a quarterback in the next year's draft. But just if they don't want to look to the draft this year because of the lackluster quarterbacks, it's another option they can go to. Yeah, and I think you said it perfectly. I think whether it be Drew Locke or another quarterback, you know, who's kind of, you know, they've gotten their chance, but they've also been stripped their chance in their situation. And another guy, I mean, obviously he's still on a team. I mean, Drew Locke is still on a team, but I think Daniel Jones would be an interesting guy. I know, obviously, you know, he's still under contract and he's still the starter right now in New York. But I mean, if the season keeps the way it's going, I don't know if he's going to get that second contract. And he's a guy that I think the Saints could really look at. And, you know, Sean Payton, he, he understands quarterbacks, and I think Daniel Jones is a guy that he has, he has the talent and he has the ability, but he's just not being put in the right system, and the Saints would be a perfect situation. Obviously, Alvin Kamara, he's a top-five runner. You get Michael Thomas back if he's, you know, if he's all good and he's healthy again. You, you, get, a, you get a top receiver, and people forget that, and I, I think that would be another situation where Daniel Jones could go and succeed because he's had a good season, but it's been overshadowed by – the injuries, you know, Jason Garrett, his terrible play calling, and just overall the whole atmosphere of the New York Giants. Yeah, no, I agree. That could be very beneficial for a Jones or a Drew Locke or maybe even a Mitchell Trubisky up in Buffalo. Yeah. All right, so let's, let's get into our, our picks for the rest of the slate, I guess. I mean, we could, we could kind of rapid fire through this unless there's one that we really want to talk about. Um, so let's start. Let's go Falcons, Jaguars. I'm going to take the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons. All right, Jets, Texans, both two and eight teams. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. This is a, in my eyes, I know they're two and eight. This is a must-win game for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is coming back. He has not looked good to start his rookie year. You have an easy team. You have to capitalize on this matchup. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, Sam, but that's not going to happen. And, and, you know, if, if you want any definition of this game, just tell the person that the lowest price for a ticket is $9. And they, that will tell you everything about this game. We might get a nine to three game. Honestly, it, it honestly, we, we might get zero to zero. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, Texans defense has actually not played well in the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, Hey, they, they're, they're, turning the ball, they're getting turnovers. Speaking of a team that gets turnovers and a team that turned the ball over a crap done, we got Titan at the Patriots. Patriots are rolling. Give me the Patriots. Give me the Patriots, man. It's at home. Mac Jones is feeling himself. Bill, Bill Belichick knows how to, you know, take apart an offense, and especially with no Derrick Henry, it should be a field day for the Patriots. I agree. 
All right, Eagles, Giants, give me the Eagles. They're, they're the playing Eagles. hot right now. Give me the Eagles. They, they look good, and they look dangerous, uh, especially heading into this later part of the season. All right, now we got Bengals, who found their groove last week versus the Steelers, who lost a tough one. I'm going to take the Bengals at home. I'm also going to take the Bengals at home. Good one. All right, now this, this game's fun. This is, this is a very fun game. We have the Bucks traveling to Indianapolis, take on the Colts. I really want to go with the Colts. I, I love what they're doing there. I have to go with the Bucks. I, I can't pick against Tom Brady in this one. Yeah, I, I, same situation. I really want to go with the Colts. In the, in, in, after such a great performance by Jonathan Taylor, it's like, why would you not go with the Colts? Well, the Buccaneers have one of the best rush defenses in the league, right? Exactly. They're going to make Carson Wentz win this game. And if Jonathan Taylor can't get started, I don't have a lot of faith in Wentz to win this game himself. So I'm, I'm going to have to take yeah. the Buccaneers in that one. I think Taylor does get started. I just don't think it matters. I think the Bucs are too good offensively. Interesting. All right, let's go Panthers, Dolphins. Uh, I think Cam Newton gets a win on the road after a disappointing reunion. Yeah, give me the Panthers too. All right, Chargers, Broncos. I will be at that game. Super fun. <laughs> Hopefully, please. Make it fun. No, uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. They looked really good. Uh, Justin Herbert seemed to find his groove. I think looking at the Broncos, this, this is, these next two games are very important for Teddy Bridgewater, uh, just in terms of the team. Like if you, obviously there was that just abomination of a play where he didn't attempt to tackle Darius Slay. That lost him a lot of respect. You have two key division games. You're still in this division. You're trying to get a contract. And I don't think he wanted to hurt himself. I think, I think, there's, I think there's two sides to every story. Okay. So. I, I, no, I no, 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 no. I don't care who you are. No. You make that. You go for that tackle. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers, too. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I could see the Broncos pulling this, you know, upset, if you want to call okay. it an upset. Um, but I, I think, you know, Herbert sort of found his groove. Obviously, Mile High is not an easy place to play. Um, but the Chargers, you know, they've played there countless times. So I, I'm going to take the Chargers, but I, I, I would honestly think it's, it's a field goal game. Yeah, no, no. They always, they always play each other really close. Should be a fun one. Uh, now we got a very critical game for the uh, NFC wildcard race. It's the Vikings and the Niners rematch of a playoff game a couple years ago. Vikings are hot offensively. I'm going to take the Vikings. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because I thought you were going to say the 49ers are hot because the 49ers, they're another team who, who have had a very, you know, they've had a great streak of games. They put great games, obviously the huge win against the Rams yeah. uh, two weeks ago. Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with the Vikings too. And I, and I know they're on the road, but I, I think after a great win, you know, like uh, against your division rival, the Packers, I think this is another chance to, you know, really get yourself into that playoff picture. And I, I think the Vikings do that with a win against the 49ers. Agreed. Speaking of the Rams, they're going to have to travel to Green Bay. They've dropped their last two. Green Bay lost a tough one to the Vikings, but God, this is such a toss-up. I, I want to go with the Rams, but no. The Packers are at home. Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. He actually played a pretty good game. He, he had like 380 yards, four touchdowns. They just weren't able to get it done on the road. They go back home to the frozen tundra. Cold environment, not what the Rams are used to. I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm here in LA, so I'm, I'm going to take the hometown team. Um, I'm going to take the Rams, and I, and I actually think it's going to be a big game for OBJ. You know, I, I think he's going to have, I think, not like, you know, a historical game, but I, I think he'll have a game that's going to have an impact on the game, uh, not just, you know, two catches for 18 yards. Um, I, I think this is, you know, obviously the Rams, they had a tough loss to the 49ers, like we mentioned earlier, and then the Packers, they just had, an, they just had a loss. But I think this is a Rams, they can bounce back. And this is the game to do it. You, you beat the Packers on the road. This is your chance to do it. And like I said, I think OBJ has himself a game. Yeah, and that, that's something I kind of want to bring up is these, the, what the Rams have done in recent weeks. Of course, yeah. they made the big headlines. They went and 
We got Von Miller. Actually, no, I'm I'm okay. We we got a good good package for Von Miller. I'm still sad about that. But they got Von Miller. Then they go out and get OBJ to I guess it wasn't to replace Robert Woods, but he is replacing Robert Woods in this sense. I think the Rangers have to operate their offense. Like literally pretend that OBJ is Robert Woods and just slide him in there. Cooper Cup is still going to be the number one guy, still going to get all the targets, all that stuff. But I think don't make it a point of emphasis to get OBJ the ball, but still don't forget that he's there. That's, 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 I think the Rams, this has to work because they don't really have a future outside of this. They have to win with the guys they have now. Um, I think ultimately it will, it's so tough. It's so tough. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, to go off you, I, and I, you know, be, before the season, obviously the huge thing was the Stafford trade. And we saw what they gave up to get Stafford. Obviously, they shipped away Jared Goff, too, saying, this is our future. You know, th- this is the dude that we believe in, and he can win us a Super Bowl in the next two or three years. But I, I didn't, not that I didn't like the trade. I, th- I thought Gaines Stafford was a, you know, it was a better option than Goff, but I didn't like this philosophy, if you want to call it, what the Rams are doing. You know, this idea that, look, we could just trade away all our picks and, we're going to win the Super Bowl, right? You get Jalen Rams, you get Aaron Donald, you get Matthew Stafford, hell, you get Von Miller and you get OBJ. Man, that's a Super Bowl team. And, and to me, I, I don't think that this philosophy that they're going to do is going to work out in the long term. And even now, I mean, we, we've seen them lose to some teams where it's like, you're losing to that team? Like, they're, they're losing games that they should not be losing. I mean, go back to the Tennessee game a few weeks ago. They just lost to Derrick Henry, and it was like, how do you lose to a team that just lost Derrick Henry and has a a... a a 38-year-old, 36-year-old Adrian Peterson don't beat you. He's not even on the team true. anymore. And, and so this philosophy, and you know, we talk about it more, is just, you know, there's no depth on this team. So it's Jalen Ramsey can't make the play. No one else is going to make the play. And, and, and that, is, that is the biggest thing to me. And that's what worries me come down the stretch, when you, when you need those depth guys to make the plays come the postseason. And, and they don't got to be like huge interceptions, but just make the right read. And that's my concern when you don't have any of those draft picks to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would disagree. I think the Rams still have a ton, a ton of playmakers on defense besides Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, Aaron Donald. You got guys, Von Miller now. Leonard Floyd is playing very well. Um, I think they just – the problem is the last few games, they've come out very flat offensively. There's mm-hmm. no other way to put it. I think having the bye week has been, like, very perfectly timed for them. They can really get Von Miller and OBJ acclimated into that game. Keep in mind, they just signed OBJ. Like, he hadn't even been there for a week, so I wasn't entirely surprised that he didn't do all that much. I'd look for them to get him more involved. I don't think it'll be enough against the Packers, uh, but definitely interesting to see as the season goes. And just to go off that point, um, lastly, and the the thing that concerns me most with the Rams, and obviously I don't want to take any credit, like you said, they have Aaron Donald, they have Von Miller, they have Leonard Floyd, they have Jalen Ramsey, they have these playmakers. But what we've seen when teams have beat them is they've beat them by running, which it's crazy because, you know, they have Aaron Donald, but they've been able to get down the middle. And, and that's the thing. The Rams interior is very weak. They, in, it's because they've, they put Aaron Donald kind of on the outside. And then when they put him on the outside, they say, okay, it, when they put Aaron Donald in the inside, then they run outside. So I, I, I think teams are, and, and I'm not saying the Rams are, the, you know, the, the season's over, but I think teams are going to start to figure them out a little. And I think the loss of Kenny Young in that trade to the Broncos is going to see an impact, right? I think it is going to see an impact. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I think the Rams are still, besides the Bucks, my favorite. So, like, I think mm-hmm. it'd be Rams, Bucks, and the NFC Championship game still. But let's move on. We have the Sunday night game is the Browns traveling to the Ravens. We don't know if Lamar is going to be back. Um, I think 
Look, the, if Lamar isn't back, I'm going to take the Browns just because the Browns are a far and away better team than the Bears are. I think they'll actually be able to capitalize on that. However, if Lamar is playing, which is the more likely outcome, it's going to be the Ravens all day. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, I thought, I mean, I'm pretty sure Lamar is going to play. I mean, I know it's like sort of like up in the air, but, you know, I mean, this is a Sunday night game. I don't think he's going to want to miss this one. Um, I, I think, you know, like you said, if, if Lamar plays, I don't even know if the Browns stand a chance. And it's crazy to say because the Browns, they have this good defense, but I, I the way the Browns have been moving in the past few weeks, just I, I can't say that they're going to win a lot of games. For yeah, and I want to. Let's, let's take this opportunity to talk about the Browns for a second. Yeah. You, you seem to have an opinion on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I have a pretty big opinion on Baker Mayfield. And, 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 they, and I understand what Baker Mayfield has done for the city of Cleveland and what he's done for the Browns, right? Before, before Baker Mayfield came in, they were an irrelevant franchise, right? They were irrelevant. They were, in, in fact, they were terrible. They were like, there's, there's not a lot of things worse than what the Browns were, right? <laughs> There's not a lot of things that were worse than what the Browns were. And a lot of credit to him to, for him to pull up the franchise, bring them to the playoffs, come, you know, minutes within going to the AFC championship game. He's done a great job. Pittsburgh is right. Winning in Pittsburgh, that's, a huge playoff game, right? There. And the way they did it, right? The, the way they were able to just to, and I'm not just saying it was all him, but the, the Browns, the way they were able. But now I think we're starting to see, that Baker Mayfield isn't all that, you know, and, and, and it was kind of overshadowed by, oh, look how great this team is, right? They're, they're so complete, but that's the problem. This team has been so complete for two, three years now, right? They brought in OBJ, and obviously he's not on the team anymore, right? They brought in Jarvis Landry. They have a great tandem of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They have one of the best offensive lines. I lo- and I love Kevin Stefanski, too. I think he's a really good coach. It's just- and they're not winning football games. And that's my problem, right? And I'm not, and, and you could say maybe coaching's a little bit a part of it, but when you have a complete team like this, people were saying this was one of the most complete rosters coming into this season, and you sit at six and five, there should be blame put on the quarterback, right? There, there should be blame, blame put on Baker Mayfield. You should look at the guy and say, you got this complete roster, but you sit at six and five. You know, you should, you should be a better than a six and five team right now. Um, and especially in the last few weeks that they've looked, you look, Detroit, they only beat Detroit by three points. They only beat Detroit by three points. And they got blown. And then the week before, they lost 45-7 to seven to the Patriots. So there's something wrong, and I think it's Baker. And, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm nothing to take away from his skill. I think he's still a good quarterback. But when you have a complete team like this, and you're not winning enough, and you're not winning football games, and you sit at 6-5, and five, and you're honestly fighting for a playoff berth, that concerns me. Yeah, I think it's just it's just disappointing coming from a number one overall pick. I mean, I think we have to keep in mind he's playing very hurt right now, and credit to him for playing tough. I think if I'm the Browns, this is what I'm doing. At least for this week, I sit Baker Mayfield. Say it's injury-related, obviously it would be. Just let him rest, then you have the bye week the next week, because I don't think with Baker right now they're beating the Browns or the Ravens anyways. So I'd say rest Baker Mayfield, let him sit out this week, then he gets the bye week to come back just a little bit more healthy, I think that would end up, end up benefiting the, long, the Browns in the long run. These last weeks of the season are going to be critical for Baker Mayfield uh, and his future of the t- on the team. Yeah, like you mentioned, I, 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 and, and I don't know if I fully agree with sitting him. Um, I think, you know, this is a game that you have to win. And, and I, I think if you pull him in this situation, Keenum doesn't give you a better chance to win this game, Right. But I, I think if you pull him in this situation, it's almost like you're like, okay, we're done with Baker, right? And especially in a Sunday night game like this. 
if if you're taking him out to like say I want to see our guy that we drafted number one overall play fully healthy for the rest of the season, hold, let him sit two weeks. Not not because I'm benching you because you're hurt. You're playing with multiple injuries in your left shoulder. Make it about that. Just so people don't get oh they're benching him. That's not the case. You're letting him get healthy so you can make a run towards the end of the season. I, and and I get that right. You you want him to get healthy, but at the same time you're playing in you're playing a in, in division rival, right? This is, this is a huge rival between the Ravens and the Cleveland. You're on the road. You have to win a type of game like this to send some sort of statement. If you put Case Keenum in, it's almost like we don't care. And, and you have to show the Browns fans and you have to show us as, you know, NFL, you know, fanatics that the Browns really do care and want to make some playoff push and pulling him from this game would say, okay, well, you know what? We, we just want him to get healthy. We don't care about the results of this game. And to me, that's not what you should be looking, especially in a team that sits at six and five and is third in the AFC North right now. Yeah, I mean, no question. The Browns have a lot to think about. Uh, speaking of a team that also has a lot to think about, you have the Seahawks with Russell Wilson coming back, who's just looked flat. They just have not produced offensively. They're going to the Washington football team on Monday Night Football, who's played very well. This is a big game for Russell Wilson because – he has not looked better than Geno Smith since coming back, just in terms of the production that Seattle has gotten. Uh, obviously, their run game is not really there as they've lost Chris Carson for the year. I'm going to take the football team in this one at home. Yeah, I'm taking the football team too. And like you mentioned, I, I, think, I, I think this is the last year we see Wilson and Pete Carroll together. Um, and whether it be Pete Carroll on the, still on the team or Russell Wilson still on the team, one of them is not going to be on the same team. And, and, and what I'm trying to say is, I think it's just time to call it quits for this team, right? They, they, for the past decade, they've been running, or not the past decade, obviously, Russell Wilson was drafted in you know, 2012, but for the past, like, 10 years, basically, right, they, they've been running this same team, and, and they have talent, right? They have Metcalf, they have Lockett, they have Chris Carson. It sucks that he's hurt, and he keeps getting hurt. But I think it's sooner or later you got to call quits on this, right? Because they, they're, they're almost like this team that is – good when they're, they're they're a good mediocre team right they're yeah. never bad they're never bad and they're never mediocre but they're good mediocre because they can never get over the hump and that's what concerns me most about this now. team what yeah, they're looking pretty bad now they have a chance <laughs> well they're and now they're looking really bad because now it's coming almost to bite them right they their defense has been really bad their defense has been really bad and they paid defensive end safety money you know so they they, they did they just really haven't found the pieces on defense. And to me, I think, I think you just got to reset everything. And it, it seems crazy, but I, I think that's the only approach. And it, it sucks to be a fan of one of those teams where it's like, man, our team's just giving up, but it's better for the long run. It's better for the long run. You can get a huge package for Russell. I think Pete Carroll should come here to USC and coach. So I, I, I think that you, you just got to press the reset button for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I, I think Russell could be seeing his last season here. I don't know about Pete Carroll. I think they keep Pete Carroll. Um, but regardless, I have the football team. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the football team. I think the football team, they've looked good in recent weeks. All right, so there you go. Those are our picks. Uh, let's get into a fun little debate I have here. We have some good young receivers in that NFC West who have been balling out this year. I want to just – who do you think, one, has been more impressive, and two overall do you think is better? So we have Debo Samuel from the Niners and Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think the more impressive player to me has been Debo Samuel. I think to me, Debo Samuel has been more impressive. And it's not to take anything away from Cooper Cup, but I think 
we, we not that we knew that Cooper Cup was going to do what he's done already this you know this much in the season, but we've kind of got a sense of you know he's going to be the number one. He's going to have this you know fantastic year. But to me, I I was never a huge dude on Debo. I was always like you know Debo's kind of that you know oh he's going to get he's going to catch the drag routes. Oh he's going to catch those five yard in or outs. Right. He's he's he, he's an explosive player, but he. He's not one of those elite receivers. I think he's punched his ticket as one of those elite receivers now in the NFL. Obviously, he has close to 1,000 yards. He has five touchdowns. He's just been an absolute beast this season, and that's why he's been more impressive to me than Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think, look, I think what he does overall, like, he could be better. I mean, second in the league in receiving yards behind Cooper Cup. The touchdowns aren't there. The receptions aren't there, but they also use him a lot in the rushing attack as well. He's 137 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns, so he's... I guess you could say he's a little more dynamic as a player, but for me, I got to go with Cooper Cup. Just statistically, he is just blowing statistics out of the water right now. Like, even in games where they are coming out flat, he still balls out. He has, he's first in receptions with 85, first in yards on pace to break Calvin, Calvin Johnson's record with 1,141, and he's tied first in touchdowns. Granted, a lot of that is because of Sean McVay's system, how they get him the ball, his usage and whatnot. I think I like what you said, though. We expected him to be good. We did not expect him to be this good. So that's why I'm going to take Cooper Cup. Also been carrying my fantasy team this year. <laughs> and, and I, I do want to, you know, mention that I, I do think right now Cooper Cup is obviously the better receiver. I just think from the question of who's been more impressive, I, I think it's Debo in the sense that I didn't expect a season like this already from, from Debo. Cooper yeah. Cup, I, not that, like you said, he's putting up video game numbers right now. He's on pace to break Calvin Johnson's record. But I, I didn't expect the, the magnitude of what Debo's doing at the pace that he's doing. Yeah, I think also a lot of us expected this to be Brandon Ayuk, not Debo. Yeah, so, oh, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of some uh, young receivers, um, I'm going to just pull over to the, uh, all the AFC West. The Broncos wide receivers, they got a payday. They paid undrafted free agent Tim Patrick. They signed him to a three-year, $34.5 million contract extension. And then Cortland Sutton got the big bucks four years. $60.8 million. I like it. I like that they're building this strong receiving core. Of course, you have them in contract now. Jerry Judy still has a lot of time on his rookie deal. KJ Hamler will come back next year. They're, they have this core. They do. And they, they want to keep this core long-term. And to me, this looks like, hey, a team with a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Elton Wilson. We have the weapons. They're here to stay. Come ball for us. Like, I don't know. I think both these guys have been very productive. I think they lead. They what's the statistic? They they have the most consecutive targets without a drop. They like it's one and two between Patrick and Sutton. So very reliable receivers. I just I want Denver to get a quarterback that can get them the ball because obviously they've not been Teddy Bridgewater this year. Both are having solid seasons, but they could be so much better if they had that guy. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with everything you said. I I think to me the. The greatest thing about the NFL is when dudes who like get no chance get paid this money. And, and for a guy like Tim Patrick, like you mentioned, he was undrafted. Um, and to get a big contract like that, especially with a with a great team like the Broncos, it, it's just it's always cool to see, you know. Um, and obviously, he's well deserved. It's not like oh, they just throw him the money, you know. He's he's been great. And it and I I think you know the the great thing is he, he kind of just came up from the ranks, you know. Obviously, Cortland Sutton last year got hurt. And you're like, okay, what, what do we do? We have this rookie, Jerry Judy. And then Tim Patrick came here and started balling, right? So I, I think that's what, that's why he got the payday. And like you said, I mean, hey, if, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, I, and I see these two dudes lining up and you got a rookie and Jerry Judy who's only getting better week in and week out, you're like, well, 
why do I not go to Denver? So, you know, I, I, I think it's the perfect chance for a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, I, 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 I can bring up a topic. Um, I, I think, you know, one topic that, you know, we could discuss for a little bit is the, the Patriots. Um, and they, they've definitely been an interesting team. And, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it, like, is it the 2010s again? Like, I mean, the Patriots are back in first. Like, it's almost crazy, right? It's like they're, they're, they sit right now where? They, they, they're the third th- seed in the AFC. And I don't think five weeks ago we would have seen this. So, you know, like, what are we thinking? Could the Patriots have just, like, waited a little longer to rebuild? Like, really? I was enjoying the hiatus of just not having the Patriots in the picture. I'm like, okay, you've had your 20 years of brilliance, led a team like the Buffalo Bills come in. No, Bill Belichick had other plans. Mac Jones has played outstanding. And I think it's the, they're, they're doing what they do best. They're running the football very well with Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson has been very nice. And this defense is balling out. This defense is playing very well. As I mentioned on my podcast recapping week 11, this defense has not skipped a beat since Stephon Gilmore got traded. J.C. Jackson, uh, Mr. INT, as he now calls himself on Instagram, uh, he has six interceptions this year. You got your safeties balling out. McCourty, Adrian Phillips, I think they both have four apiece. So they're getting takeaways, which has just really made this easy for Mac Jones to be able to just go out there and ball out, and that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at his defense. They rank six in passing yards, defensive passing yards. They rank first in interceptions. Uh, they rank eighth in rushing yards, and they rank second in rushing touchdowns. This, this defense, like you said, has not skipped a beat. And, and to me, that's the most impressive thing for a team that is, you know, lost to Fawn Gilmore. You know, obviously, you know, J.C. Jackson, he's been a great, uh, you know, you know, number one corner. But th- and what's great about this team, and I don't think it's talked about enough, is this is almost like a scenario like Moneyball, right? This isn't a team where it's, you know, oh, you know, you got a bunch of stars. Right? Obviously, Matthew Judon, he's coming in. He's done his part. But there's not a lot of guys where you point and say, man, that, that dude's a pro bowler, right? They don't got a lot of dudes who are, you know, big names, but they're just – they do what they're supposed to do and they make the plays. And, that, and that's why, to me, it's the Patriots are so dangerous. And, and that's what makes some of these other teams so dangerous is they have these dudes who you don't hear about a lot, but they just make these plays in and week in and week out – whether it be a clutch tip, a, a one interception, maybe they make a right block, maybe a right read, but they're making these plays week in and week out. And that's, and that's what's leading to New England's success because Mac Jones, all he has to do is sit back there, make a few reads, and it's like, boom, you know, touchdown. So, I, and, you know, that, that's why I think Mac Jones has been put in the perfect situation. Yeah, and what scares me is the experience. All these, def- these, these players, they have that playoff experience. Of course, the big question mark, Mac Jones, I think yeah. he handled it fine. Obviously, we know he's experienced in high-pressure situations at Alabama. He won a national championship, for crying out loud. Um, so, yeah, this is a very dangerous team. I am so excited in a couple of Monday Night Football, Bills-Patriots, for that East Division should be a really fun game. And last thing to go off, you know, and, and this is more just talking about the rookie quarterbacks because we, we hear a lot now, well, would you take Mac Jones number one? And, and I still don't think I would take Mac Jones number one. And I don't know if I would have even taken him. You, you probably still bet the fourth quarterback I would have taken. I agree. And I think this is what we expect. Maybe not to this degree, but we all knew, I think that he would be the best, have the best season of the rookie quarterbacks. Just because look yeah. at his situation. He's with Bill Belichick. He's with this system. He was the most NFL ready quarterback out of the bunch. A lot of the other guys were very raw, like a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson. Uh, but I think, for me, he would jump over Zach Wilson and Trey Lance 
in a redraft. I don't know about Lawrence and I don't know about Fields, but definitely those other two guys for sure. Yeah. All right, speaking of the playoffs, I'm going to shift over to the college football scene and those playoffs over there. We got the rankings last night. We got Georgia staying at one, Ohio State with a big-time win over Michigan State, blowing them out. They jump Alabama at uh, two. Of course, Alabama falls back to three. And then the one you're really excited about is Cincinnati is is in the top four for the first time in a non Finally. 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 Yeah, I think Cincinnati finally got the respect they deserved, and maybe it was a little help from Ohio State, um, you know, and uh, a few other teams, you know, demolishing Michigan State, but I, and obviously Oregon losing to Utah. But no, it, 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 I feel like, you know, Cincinnati for the past few weeks has been robbed, but now they just got the chance to finally be in. And I know you could say, well, you know, they, they don't have that resume, but I mean, you know, they're, they're given the schedule they're given, and they've won every single game. And, and the big game was beating MS, I mean, SMU this weekend. I think that was really what the committee said. You know what? This team now finally has a big win on their resume. And I, I think that's what really helped them put them at the fourth spot. But I, I love Cincinnati at four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, they, they had the big win over SMU. They, they beat Notre Dame, too, in, an, in a top 10 matchup there. On the road. They beat on them the on the road. Yeah, I know. So they're definitely getting the respect. And I think the way it plays out, I think the top four we have right now is the top four. Well, it's tough. It's, we're, in a very, we're in a very tricky spot, and I'm definitely going to talk about this more as I, I, I'm having a college football podcast come up. But we have Georgia. They're going to stay in the playoffs. I think even if they lose to Alabama, they'll still be in that top four. I'm gonna, George, if Georgia wins the SEC championship, this is the assumption that Georgia wins the SEC championship game, Ohio State beats Michigan, and then wins in their Big Ten championship game. That's one and two. Yeah. Alabama losing, that puts them out. You now have Cincinnati there. And then the two teams that come into play if Alabama loses is Notre Dame. And I think the biggest one here is Oklahoma Oklahoma's. State. Yeah, and I, I don't ever want to hear Notre Dame making in the top four because I feel like every year they make it into top four, they get just completely demolished. And if they play a Georgia team who's, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they'll be undefeated probably by the end of the season. will kill Notre Dame. And I don't think any Notre Dame fan wants to waste three hours of their time seeing their team get slaughtered by Georgia. Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma State has a really good chance. And I, I and to me, I, I don't know if we're going to see Alabama this year. I, I think, you know, Georgia's look like a good team. Offensively, they do look a little shaky and they rely a lot on their defense. But in recent weeks, their offense has picked it up. Um, as great as Alabama has been, there's been too many cl- close games for me where it's like, and I think that's what the committee looked at saying, you, know, you barely beat Arkansas. You barely beat LSU. These are teams that you've got to go out and just kill. And they didn't do that. If they win that game. Yeah. Like, no, I, I agree. It's, yeah, and then they have the big, the big game with Auburn. Let's not sleep on Auburn. They could come in and Brussels and Feathers. It's the Iron Bowl. You never know what could happen. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's very interesting what happens if you, if you look at these seasons. I think this entire season is really just – building up and I'm praying that we get to see it is Georgia's defense versus Ohio state's offense. That's, that's the premier matchup. Hopefully that's in the national championship game. Uh, but I'm looking forward to an outstanding weekend of college football this week. Of course you got the game, Michigan, Ohio state, you have the iron bowl, you have uh, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma. That's a big yeah, one man. there. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun games. Yeah. And just, just quick side note on Oklahoma state. I, I, I think they're more than capable of gaining that fourth seed. Um, and yeah. I, and I think that they can, I think they can make some noise. Obviously I'm not going to say that I've watched a lot of Oklahoma state, so I'm not going to make any big assumptions, but I, I think this team, they sit at 10 and one, 
they're probably going to play Oklahoma twice, right? They're probably going to play Oklahoma twice. You get two wins on them, and then Alabama loses without a doubt. They're in. But honestly, I think to me, it would be like if I mean, it, it, it would be tough, right? Say Alabama beats Georgia and Oklahoma State wins out. I think there's a conversation to have of who. I mean, obviously they'll, they'll put Alabama in, but I think there is a conversation to have of you know Oklahoma if they, especially if they sweep Oklahoma. I mean, so Oklahoma State if they sweep Oklahoma. Yeah, I think I think, I think that you make an interesting point. This, okay, We're, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out another situation, and I think Oklahoma Oklahoma State if they beat Oklahoma, then they would end up playing Baylor because Baylor did beat Oklahoma. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So it would most likely be Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma and Oklahoma State beating Baylor. And Baylor still sits at eight, so it's not like there's any change right there. Make some noise, too. But say Alabama beats Georgia. That's I think now both of those teams are in. You'll probably have Alabama one or, or two with Ohio State. And then you have Georgia probably sitting there at four. Now what do you do when you have a team like Cincinnati – or a team with a much bigger resume and, and a Big 12 champion in Oklahoma State who's gotten some huge wins over Oklahoma and Baylor. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> tough, man, because I love the Bearcats. And I don't, you know, I, I say that, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I haven't seen a lot of their games, but, I, you, you know, you, you want to vote for the non-top Power 5 conference They're school. They're good players. Um, Sauce Gardner. Like. But it would be, man, it would be really tough to say Oklahoma State couldn't get it. You know, I know Cincinnati, as great as their record is, and if they stay undefeated, which they probably will, knock on wood, but it would be really hard to say, Oklahoma State, you're not getting it, especially if they beat Oklahoma and then Baylor in basically back-to-back weeks. It would, it would be very hard for the committee to say no. I could see in a way that they could, because Cincinnati, if they stay undefeated, they're still undefeated. They have that top 10 win against, you know, uh, Notre Dame on the road. And they have that. And obviously, if, if they go on and just demolish every other team, I could see the committee saying, you know what, we're going to keep Cincinnati in. But if, if, they, if they show the trend where it's like they're barely beating some of the teams that they should blow out, then I see the push for Oklahoma State into the top four. It's going to be a fun But I think, I think that would be a very, very interesting and controversial uh, decision by the committee, without a doubt. Yeah, no, Definitely. All right, I'm going to throw it back to the NFL. We got some fun teams, of course. I think both of us talked about the Colts on our podcast, but I want to talk about uh, the Eagles and Vikings. Two teams are, I think we also talked about, um, specifically the Eagles. I think they are in a prime position to make a run. I mean, I, I mentioned this before. Obviously, their offense is heating up. They're averaging like 35 points a game in the last four games. Their schedule coming up is ridiculously easy. It, I... I don't know who made they the schedule, but the football my God, team. they gave him a gift. And the Jets. And then they finished with the Cowboys, which I, finished, I don't think Cowboys drop enough games to the point where that's for the division, but still a fun game. Like, no and I mean, it could also be a game, you know, like say the Cowboys have it locked up and, you know, depending on what the Cowboys do in week 17 when they play Arizona, that could be a game where they say, you know what? We we don't want to you know we don't want anyone to get hurt especially Mario Cooper we don't want people to get hurt um, and so maybe that's a game that the Dallas Cowboys are maybe out of spite the Dallas Cowboys say you know what we don't even want you to be in the playoffs Eagles but you know like you said I mean the Eagles have a very very favorable schedule I mean and and I said in my podcast uh, just a day ago I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles went out like I I would not I be shocked if the Eagles finished the season eleven and six it, it would not blow my mind if they didn't. Um, just with the, like the way you've been saying they've been playing Jalen hurts and the, to me, it's, they're starting to figure out what they're good at. Right. And this is the same situation with the Colts. They say, you know what? 
Carson wins or, you know, or hurts, you don't have to throw the ball 40 times. We only need you to throw the ball to 20 to 25 times. Let this run game talk for itself. You know, they've been running the ball very, very well. Obviously they had 242 yards on Sunday against the saints. They're showing their identity now. And I think that's when it gets dangerous, especially in these later months. Um, and if they can keep that up and when it comes to January, when the run game is so important, these cold weather games, man, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles make some sort of run, not in the postseason, but I, I think here um, later in the season. I agree. I think Jalen Hurts is going to continue to prove that he can be that guy for the Eagles. I, I definitely see them in the playoffs come January. As a wildcard team, they're not going to beat Dallas for the division. Obviously, Dallas like destroyed them Monday night. Granted, that was very early in the Eagles' yeah. season, so we'll see what happens. But unless there's anything else you want to bring up, I think that, that'll wrap it up for us. Yeah, I, I think, I think we, we went over the NFC wildcard. I think, that was, I think that's a good way to finish off. <laughs> All right, well, I hope you enjoyed um, this episode of Name Pending. We will come up with a fun name for you guys. Hopefully, this, this is hopefully going to be a reoccurring series uh, for both of our podcasts here. But without further ado, I'm Sam Fermanac from That Football Topic. And I'm Judo Connie from Sportsbox. And if you guys have any suggestions of topics, obviously, for the following weeks, let us know. I mean, like topics of like for the podcast uh, to talk about. We're, we're more than welcome to, and I, I think it's yeah. a perfect chance to interact with you. find us at both of our Instagrams, that football topic, no capsule spaces, Sportsbox over there. Also follow us on Twitter. Twitter I'm Sam Fermanac. Don't and follow my Twitter. Judo Connie's over there. So I hope you enjoyed it. Have a nice day. Enjoy an outstanding next couple of days of Thanksgiving uh, and those football games. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Uh, show with your family. Later. And go Cowboys.